For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or CrestwoodDental.com. The Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers joining you on a Thursday in St. Louis. Gentlemen, how the heck are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I I had the opportunity to uh, be driving in the car. Last night and listening to the Last Minute Blues podcast, our live event at Brett Hull's Junction House, it was it sounded good, man. I was in, I, I we were there, yet I was listening like I wasn't there, which I thought this is weird. I'm having an out of body experience. But did you guys enjoy that? Yeah, I, I had a great time. I yeah. thought it was yeah. a lot of fun. I had I a did. great time, and I got over the fact that Brett Hall was sitting right next to me real quickly. Yeah. Because uh, just a down to earth, very very jovial dude. Yeah, I mean he, he really was there. Is. He was there before we were mm-hmm. signing and doing the whole thing. I mean it was just it it was it was really fascinating to me, man. It, it it's really fascinating to me from fr- from the sense of like of when he played the game and how truly different the game is now, oh, yeah. as opposed to then. And I, I I never like getting caught up in that whole, it was better than, you know, music or mm-hmm. anything. But man, like, the more that we're talking with him, the more I miss that style of NHL hockey. You know, of of it being a more physical game and that sort of thing. And I and talking about the throwback stuff of the old style, he mentioned it. And I know, Jamie, you brought it up with him, too. His, his zest for goals were... He was always afraid that that goal that he just scored would, would be his last one. So many players today could really, really benefit from that attitude. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think guys, listen. A f- uh, like a fear of failure almost. Yeah. A fear of, yeah, that could be your last time type thing. And, and I, I've i done a much better job in the last six, seven years of stopping the Back when I played, you know, that kind of thing. Because every era is different, right? Because Gordy Howe could say, hey, kid, you wouldn't have survived a minute in my league where guys were clubbing each other over the head with their sticks. And he's probably right, you know. So every era has their style of play. And to to what Holly said the other day uh, at the Junction House was, you know, this, the, the athletes are so big and so fast and so talented now that we take it for granted almost. And he says, oh, they're robotic. Yeah, they're robotic, but they're all like robotic stick handling at 35 miles an hour on the ice. So the robots have improved. It's just like your computer, right? Back in the day or your phone, when the flip phone came out, whoa, that's a flip phone. Yeah. This is the best phone ever. Little did we know that the iPhone was coming and then and so on and so on, right? So it is what it is. What I found uh, to be really fun the other day was how fast it went. I felt like we had just sat down and we were an hour and 15 minutes into it. I'm like, yeah. holy crap. Like, Brett Hall, honestly, he's like a, 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 what do you call it? a series of podcasts. That's the truth, yeah. And so I did talk to him afterwards, and he says he's more than willing to come back on, you know, whenever we want type thing. Yeah, obviously, not every single time. 
But I thought, you know, let's do this like twice a year with Brett, and we'll cover, uh, you know, more of his career and whatnot. But he's such a great conversationalist, and to your point, Jeff, he was so down to earth with everything. And yeah, him and I are such good friends too that it's easy. Like we're sitting there talking and, and BSing back and forth, and you guys are in. It honestly felt because the the setting was so intimate. Really, that I thought they did a great job with that. It wasn't like some big open like yeah. warehouse space. It was condensed to the outside patio, which was phenomenal. And I just thought it was so intimate that it made it really easy. Like, we're just sitting there shooting the breeze with a bunch of our friends. Yeah. Well, there are two things, two other observations, then we can move on if you want to. But uh, the only wrong thing I think Hall said the whole time was that you were the funniest person that he ever played No, he with. said one of. <laughs> oh, he one said one of. of. Okay, then yeah. it's... Then... <laughs> But the other thing that I really thought was fascinating and a great reason to dip back into him is he's not, like, super, super tied to the organization. Like, Mm -mm. so, man, was he super honest about especially the ownerships of the past and some of the players currently and all that stuff. That was fascinating. You don't want the truth, don't ask him. Right. That's basically it. And it's the same on both sides. So, like, if he has something negative to say, he will say it. But if he has something positive to say, yeah, yeah. well, you're going to hear that too. And I thought that that was a great uh, contrast when he brought up certain ownership groups that were here, which everybody knows they weren't the best ownership groups. But then he's raving about the current ownership yeah. group and, you know, just singing their praises too. So it's he's very honest and it's north south. There's no in between. Oh, yeah. Well, do what you brought up. And we got to give Hitch credit. And he was like, why? Right. why? Right. And it's only because he doesn't particularly like the way Hitch coaches with the defense first and all right. that stuff. Yeah. And him and Hitch had some famous run ins, which we're going to get into that the next time with Holly because we, we didn't spend enough time on Hitch. My point was Hitch turned the culture around to where it was a hardworking blue collar team. And of course, Holly. What do you mean, Hitch? But you know what? That dude, that <laughs> he, he was very honest about himself and his own abilities too. Because towards the end, I remember asking him something about about there being maybe a misnomer about his work ethic or something like that. And he essentially was like, "No, there was no misnomer. I really wasn't a guy that you know worked exceptionally hard. He or- didn't off the ice. But when it came time to win hockey games, and that's why I defended him the other day too, was like." I watched Brad Hall lay down in front of slap shots in in key moments and kill penalties. So the the whole you know the whole concept of him, well, he's just a lazy hockey player that scores goals. One, I'll take that any day. Yeah, we sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, but two, it's not accurate. It's just not accurate. So um, you know, I felt like I had to put that to rest pretty quickly. But Holly, too, you know, he's like, yeah, I didn't work very hard. He didn't work hard off the ice. He really didn't like as far as like in the gym every day. But I tell you what. He never, ever ran out of energy in a game. So whatever he's doing, maybe it's the Phil Kessel workout. (laughs) uh, Whatever he's doing uh, worked for him. And he always had energy left in the tank, and he always had a goal left in the tank. So I never questioned his off-season workout plan. Well, the the biggest story in hockey over the course of the last 12 hours is the saga is finally over with Jack Eichel in Buffalo. Uh, Jack Eichel has been traded uh, to the Vegas Golden Knights. uh, And I just have a couple of questions about this, Jamie. First and foremost, I still, Jamie, do not understand how the salary cap is going to work when Eichel is healthy with the team as it stands. Does this mean that later in the year, if Eichel's going to play, that they're going to have to move a significant salary? That's one. And then two, what do you just think of the trade overall? 
Uh, Buffalo is a factory of sadness. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Guys, like, let's be honest here. A factory of sadness. It's incredible. How can the Pagula family do so good with the Bills and be so horse bleep with their hockey team? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, they drafted Josh Allen, and they built around him, and they put a good coaching staff in place. It's like, hey, hey, guys, your model is right there. What are you doing? And the handling of Ryan O'Reilly was— Oh, my God. I think the start of their problems. I could be wrong. There might be a couple other things. But Ryan O'Reilly, to me, was like the big boulder that fell down the hill when he said he was just not having fun playing hockey anymore. Well, they took it as like, oh, this guy's a bad egg or whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, we took your bad egg. He sure. seemed to be just fine for us. Yeah, ro- rolling around that uh, that rink with the Stanley Cup over uh-huh. his head. Yeah. Yeah. Stanley yeah, Cup, uh, yep. doing car shield commercials, winning league trophies, and being one of the most dominant 200-foot players in the game. Ah, we'll take your garbage. So then they get fleeced on that deal because Svoboda never panned out. Uh, Patrick Berglund never or Sabotka, Sabotka, Jesus, get your head in the game. Sabotka, uh, Berglund had his issues and retired and had to go back to Sweden. And Tage Thompson will be a fine player. He'll be a fine player. There's nothing wrong with Tage Thompson. But then you end up basically with a Tage Thompson for Ryan O'Reilly. I'll take I'll that. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'll take that twice over. Which what happened again yeah, this morning with Jack Eichel. Yeah, he's had his problems with the organization and they don't see uh Eye to eye on how his injury is being treated. Okay, how dumb is that? By the way, just, well, right? Oh, I, I don't at this God. point, man. Like, I don't understand why they can't just go. You know what, dude? Okay, get your neck surgery. However, you want to get your neck surgery done, and we'll be here to help you on the other so side. So why is it like this? How has it gotten to this point? This then? is how stupid it is. Okay, they could have had the surgery. He could have been rehabbed and playing by now. By if, now, okay. But instead, they've been paying him this whole time to not play. So think about that for a second. Donnie, I'm going to give you $10.5 million, Ooh. but I want you to sit at home and not work at all. Okay. Exactly. Cool, yeah. man. Why, why didn't you offer me that, man? <laughs> well, Jeff. I'll do that for five. I'll do it for half. <laughs> You're not even half as good. Oh, so, uh, man. Which, by the way, did I ever tell you that story with Ken Holland? No. I walk into Ken Holland after my first year in Detroit, and he's complimenting me on a, on a solid season and a good job. And I did. I had a good season. I think I exceeded their expectations. And he goes, we'd like to re-sign you. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a guy who does a lot of BS. You know, we don't need the agents, blah, 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 blah. He goes, I will deal with your agent, but here's where I'm at. And he throws me a two-year contract extension. I'm like, holy crap, I'll take it. He goes, what are you looking for in return? Like, compensation. And I said, well, I know that Nick Lidstrom just signed, you know, whatever. <laughs> he starts to giggle. He goes... Listen, you're half the player that he is. I go, I'll take I'll it. Take it. <laughs> and that was all done on purpose, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I, was, I set him up. And he goes, you son of a. He goes, well, listen, you're not one-eighth the player. <laughs> and I said, I'll take it. <laughs> does this, does this, uh, is this whole that. thing with uh, Eichel to Vegas and Buffalo was in on it for a while, does this affect the Blues' stance on, on uh, Kachuk at all? No, no, no. Listen, all those or things. Or not Buffalo. I'm sorry. Calgary. Sorry. Bu- uh, Calgary was in on it for a little they, while. They weren't. That... Calgary oh, was they not weren't. in on it. Okay? okay. People just start slinging crap around. Well, I'm just I'm just regurgitating what I read. You, That's Jeff, all. Yeah. You got oh, okay. Taking not things me. personal. Okay. All right. My should I take that personally? <laughs> yes, you should take <laughs> that right. last part personally. And we're a mess. <laughs> <laughs> 
Kachuk, that whole Calgary thing, maybe somebody made a phone call, but it got blown way out of proportion. Matthew Kachuk was never on the table. There's no way. Because think about this deal for a second. If you're Buffalo, you just got rid of a guy. Jack Jack Eichel's got like eight years left on his deal. No, that's not true. Maybe six years left on his deal. Whatever the case. I think it was six. You're going to trade for Matthew Kachuk, who has basically one year? Yeah. Then he has arbitration, so now you're going to pay the you-know-what for him, and then after that he's unrestricted. So now basically you traded your franchise player for someone who's going to be gone in two years because you're a factory of sadness. (laughs) There's no way that trade happens. No way. And so it doesn't affect anything with Matthew Kachuk and his status with the Flames or... Or maybe even the St. Louis Blues in the future. Who knows where the cards, you know, line up with that. But no, that I don't think that was ever in play. Uh, the fact that Kevin Adams, who just um, the GM for Buffalo, it just amazes me. One that we call him the GM of Buffalo because I know the individual, and that's interesting. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a compliment. Was that was, right that was not no, going. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Compliment. No, and if Kevin doesn't like it, well, he can come find me. He knows where station. you work. Yeah, he's yeah. fine. But yes. to, to Donnie's point earlier, though, how are they going to get under the cap? How's Vegas get under the cap? They just hope I, for somebody to be injured once Eichel gets back? Or, or, or is this going to be the Kucherov thing with, with Tampa again, where, oh, look, he's healthy All when the playoffs he's start. healthy, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, no, I don't know how long this is going to take with Eichel. The surgery and all this. I don't know enough about it. I'm not going to pretend to. Well, and they've even said that, that they don't know since this is the first time that this has ever happened to an NHL player. It could be three, four months. It could be four, five months. It could be three, four weeks. Who friggin' knows? Okay. Uh, But Vegas doesn't care. They don't care because in their opinion or in their mind, they've just landed the number one center that's available in the NHL, which he is. Even though he wasn't available, he was available. So, so now what happens now? Does he go to Vegas and just immediately get the surgery, or does yes. it? I mean, well, so, this, said, like, so this solves like, the issue right now. Whatever you want to do, get it done. Yeah, Kelly McCrimmon, who's kind of smart, out in Vegas, their GM right now said, uh, "Yeah, we've acquired Jack Eichel. He's going to have the surgery immediately. Boom, done, done. We're agreeing with the findings of his medical group and." We're okay with the procedure, and we're looking forward to Jack suiting up for the Vegas Golden Knights in the future. Thank you very Son much. Of a bitches are Tip smart. your waitress. We'll be here all week. How, how, so then how are the Blues going to compete with this team that seemingly has some kind of magical powers over the salary cap and can, can, can well, keep bringing in guys They're like going to have to manipulate the salary cap at some point. I don't know. Like last year, the thing about the Vegas Golden Knights is they don't care. And it's not that they don't care about the salary cap. They don't care how they have to get under it. Last year, they played a guy short. For almost the entire season, yeah. they didn't dress. They were dressing five defensemen some nights, just to get under. They didn't care, they, and they're still that good. Yeah, that pisses me off. Jerks. Actually. Yeah. And now they, they you know, Mark Andre Fleury came off the books. Which, by the way, there's a little birdie that's been in my ear telling me that Vegas is looking to reacquire Mark Andre Fleury. Oh, get out of here! Mm-hmm. And that Chicago would eat most of the salary going back the other way. So that's Why just, would Chicago do that? Well, because they suck, okay, and they're terrible, and Marc-Andre Fleury is being wasted. So if Chicago can pick him up and then flip him back to Vegas, because Vegas is going to want to unload some salary, to your point, to get under the salary cap, they get a middle-of-the-road decent player in return, maybe a younger guy. Chicago can now continue with this rebuild of with their factory of sadness that's going on right now. <laughs> I hate this. I don't like it at all. But we're good at the very we're least. We're not a factory of sadness here in St. No. Louis. And that, in the end, that's all I really care about. No. I want to ask you, I don't know if this is the best order to do this. 
and maybe we want to talk about something else Since before we, we talk about the order first. Whatever. You're, you're right. No, so, these are just ideas. All right. There's so, no numbers. Uh, Blues losing shootouts last night uh, to, to the Kings. And I, this is just a personal preference. I don't expect anybody to agree, to, to agree with me. I don't like the shootouts, dudes. Like, I, I don't I know don't if like it's, either. I don't know if it's because I grew up like like watching the game and, and experiencing the tie, which I didn't really love either. Right. But I just don't love shootouts as a way to end an NHL game. It it feels. I told Jeff this way. It feels like that's how Ben and I decide who has to do the dishes. You know what I'm saying? Like who plays goalie? Well, I mean, we'd probably take turns. Yeah, you go. Oh, back you don't actually. Yeah. He he would shoot directly at my he's nuts got a, on purpose. He's got a 200 foot kitchen, <laughs> so it's easier to do it that way. International <laughs> style too. You guys so it's either do the shootout or bowling alley. <laughs> right. yeah. Either or. Right. And, and when he brought this up to me, I know I know the overtime extra point is a hot button for you. I hate it. I hate it. I I just don't like the uh, you get a point the the participation ribbon. And I know the Blues profited from it last night. They got a point for losing, basically. I still don't like it. My opinion will never change on it at all. I'd rather get, for me, I'd rather a team get zero points but have to empty the friggin' tank to go for that two point for the win instead of just playing like, ooh, let's just get to the shootout, get our one point, and it's a solid road point. And that's not the Blues. That's just every team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they should just extend the overtime to 10 minutes. People are like, well, there's a time thing. Calculate the time it does to do three shooters on each side, let alone if it goes into extra shooters. You're well over that extra five minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would say that for, for my liking, extend it five minutes, you'll get tired bodies. because Or you'll get uh, bodies that aren't able to play as good because you have to go deeper into your lineup. That will create scoring chances. Somebody will score. Are you saying like three on three, four on four, five three on, on five? Three on three. Keep okay. it three on three. Okay. Because what happens now with the five minutes, you have two units basically, and you just kind of go first unit, second unit, first unit, second unit, end of overtime pretty much. Maybe first unit again. If you go another five minutes of three on three hockey, you're going to have to go either with tired guys on the ice or ugh, third unit. First unit, second unit, third unit. Oh, no, third units against the other team's first unit. Like, can you imagine McDavid getting out there against, um, for lack of better choices right now, if we keep it here, uh, like Dakota Joshua? Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't love that. I don't love it either, right? But so there's the matchup. All of a sudden, you've got Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins out there, and your well is dry because O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Perron, they're just dead. Their tongues are laying on the ground. And you've got to come back with maybe Thomas, Cairo, and somebody else. No matter how good they are, I don't necessarily like the matchup. So that's where you're going to get that victory is in that second five minutes. And if you, it doesn't happen earlier. So you go to that second five minutes, and then you are you satisfied with the tie after that? Or are you cleaning the <laughs> sheet the and then going back out there? I hate the tie. I think that after that you go, unfortunately, you. this is kind of hypocritical, I guess. But you got to get to the end of the game at some point. I think you go to sudden death shootout. Never mind the three shooters. You pick your best. I pick my best. And whoever scores wins. If they both score, you can go right back to the same guys if you want. TJ Oshie style. And it's just like sudden death. Boom. Why is it okay not to have shootouts in the playoffs, but it's – or, or it's, why, you know what I'm saying? Why do they not have them in a, the playoffs? It's a, it's a huge difference. And the, the reason is I want to lose a game in the playoffs as a team. 
not in a skills competition. But see, the the, the the mentality, and I agree with you, I'm just saying, why isn't it universal then? Because the mentality of a hockey player is, I want to win or lose as a team, not in a shootout, so why not have that in the regular season too? I just wonder well, Because, if, Jeff, there's TV contracts in place, okay? And you got to get in and out eventually. There's time constraints okay. on the window that you have to provide coverage for your team. Now, they have extended coverage for some of these major networks like ESPN and TNT. ESPN, ESPN rather, can really manipulate the clock because they're their own network. TNT is their own network, but they have ancillary programming that is afterwards, like car shows and wrestling and whatever else they throw on to TNT network, but they've got to stay within a certain parameter. So if you did the overtime thing until somebody dies again, basically, uh, one, that would really affect your TV window, and two, how about a back-to-backer? Like tonight, if the Blues were playing until 2 o'clock in the morning or 1 o'clock in the morning last night, and they got to get on a plane and go to San Jose today, you might as well just write this game off. Right. Makes huh. sense. See, I don't like that answer really any better. I, I mean, apologize, Donnie. I'll do better. No, it's all right. It's no, not I'll you. do better. Just... I feel like I'm attacked right now. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of doing better, you made a really good point, uh, Tori Krug, this year so far. Wow. 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 Zer- I call that how the... negative you guys were about him before. I, I believe. Oh, let's, what let's, a... Hold on. Whoa. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to listen. Listen. I'm manning up. I was the only one. It was not Jeff. It was me. It was a hundred percent. Dude, it was a hundred percent me. He looks like a different freaking guy. Well, imagine, think back to Justin Falk. His first year here. Now, Justin Falk, I think, actually had a bigger crap sandwich because he didn't even have a role his first year here. Is he power play? I don't know. Penalty kill? I don't know. Is he left side? I don't know. Is he right side? I don't know. Where the hell does he fit, right? (laughs) right? But he was here. So it was like, imagine being that guy where you show up at the rink every day and you're like, I don't really know you're where You're super I'm important, but I don't know where we're going to put you. You're a huge part of our future. <laughs> well, where? I don't know yet, we're but we're going to figure it out, out right? <laughs> Last year was a much better year for Falk, and he's playing even better this year. Tory Krug, the same thing. And I thought about this. I never had the opportunity to play for a franchise for as long as Tory Krug did. But if you did and you had a certain group of players that you were accustomed to, like Krejci, Bergeron, Marshawn and Pasternak and Krug. That was your power play. Damn. Sick power play, by the mm-hmm. way. That was your power play. Now you move over to St. Louis to where you've got different style. Stylistically, the team is different on the power play. That's a tough one to get used to. And you really had no runway to get ready for the season because of COVID and the pandemic and all the protocols. And, that. and you're not allowed to hang out with your teammates. You're not allowed to be together at all. You're not allowed any team bonding time. Think about that. That's a tough situation for a guy who is a creative hockey player with the puck. This year, obviously, all of those things were different. And look at the product we're getting. I, I think it's what I think what it just proves to me, like like you know, man, I, it's the personal part of the player that I, you know we don't think about a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and that's fine. It's sports, whatever. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's a huge family. They they'd never lived anywhere but the Northeast in Boston. She's from that area too. So imagine she was unhappy. I know that for a fact, and rightfully so. She moved to a brand new city. Pandemic rules. They can't even go to the grocery store or right. the, like can't take the kids anywhere because kids can't be like. You think can't, about you can never localize unhappy, yourself. Yeah. Unhappy home life equals unhappy hockey life. And even no matter how good guys are parking it and leaving it at the front door as they go in. And trust me, I had to do that a lot in my career. It's just like leave it as I walk in. It still weighs on you because as soon as something goes bad, on the ice or something goes wrong, now you're angry and that anger again is fueling the fire in the ba- in the wrong direction and then all your other ancillary crap that's your outside world of 
the kids aren't happy. The wife isn't happy. Life sucks. I hate the pandemic. All that, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, another turnover. Right, right, <laughs> you know right. I mean? yeah, yeah. So I, I want to ask about this, and I feel like maybe we're not talking about the Blues as much as we should. But I want to ask well, about Tori Krug plays for the Blues now. Yeah, right, yeah. that's true. Yep, yep. A lot but, of the other players we've talked about today have. Yeah, Ryan okay. O'Reilly does. Okay, O'Reilly. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, right. okay Fun guys. Uh, all right. <laughs> so San Jose is in a disastrous situation with Evander Kane. How does this work out? Is his name actually Evander Kane? At this point, I'm wondering how much he's falsified. Like, <laughs> like his name is Joe Smith or something. But I mean, they owe that dude a lot of money. Oh, I mean, yeah. nobody. I see no one in the league that would want to deal with this guy at this point. Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, Buffalo. Salivating maybe. over him. But, <laughs> dude, what do you what do you think happens and transpires here? And I guess a lot of it has to do with. You know, if there's things legally off the ice that happen, but but what? It's crazy, man. I don't even know where to start with this disaster. I mean, he always had a um, a dark cloud, kind of not maybe dark, a gray cloud, kind of surrounding him from his younger years when he first came in the league. He first came in, and he was a physical force. You're like, holy crap, this kid's like 18 or 19 years old, and he's doing these things. He's going to dominate, which he did. And he's dominated in a lot of ways in the NHL. He scores goals at will. He'll fight anybody. Heck, he goes toe-to-toe with Ryan Reeves. Then he can put up 40 goals for you. I don't know about you guys, but that's a pretty frigging good hockey player. Mm -hmm. But, dot, 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 his gambling problems started way back when, when he's sitting there during the lockout year, and he's holding a big stack of cash in his hand, acting like it's his cell phone, and he's like, I'm okay for now, type thing. Well, all of a sudden that all caught up to him. That is home life with his wife, whether there was domestic abuse or whether it was verbal. I don't think it was physical. I don't know. Allegedly there were problems. Let's just leave it that way right. so I don't get myself in hot water because I don't know. Right. And then he falsifies a vaccination card. Dude, why don't you just say you're not vaccinated? Like Tyler Bertuzzi is the only player in the NHL for the Detroit Red Wings that remains unvaccinated. At least on paper, right? Because who knows with Aaron Rodgers now? Who knows what everybody's right, yeah. talking oh about? I'm immunized. I mean, I'm immunized. Same thing. For what? The clap? Right. Anyway. Right. Um, right. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. That's all right. uh, it's uh, close to home, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but Evander Kane falsifies a, a vaccination. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Did you not think someone's going to fact check you? Because they punch in all that information and it comes up like... Although people will argue that it's HIPAA or this or that and the other, the NHL and the NHLPA agreed that they would make it very transparent. If a player is vaccinated, then they would get the information and be able to fact check it with the hospital or the doctors that they got it done with. Well, his came up with, uh, you know, uh, try again. And it's like when you're putting your credit card in and it's like mm-hmm. uh, malfunction, malfunction. This reminds me of my first couple of years in radio and the last couple. Insufficient funds. <laughs> right, right. Insufficient funds they, comes they, out of the ATM. They just are going to end up having to cut him probably, right, or drop well, him and then eat here, the money. Here, or Well, that's the thing is how do they – the San Jose Sharks aren't going to want to sit there and go, we're going to eat the rest of this contract. Heck, they give him like a seven or eight-year extension. Even just to get him out no. and to not have to deal with They're him. They're going to try and anymore. figure something out. They'll either try to suspend him without pay, mm-hmm. which I don't think they can do unless he's actually convicted of a crime. Um, they can sit him and they can say it's conduct unbecoming of a San Jose Shark, but they still have to pay him. The NHL right now has suspended him, so he's not being... 
If the NHL suspends him, the team doesn't have to pay him. But the NHL suspended him for 21 games. After that, he's back on the payroll. Unless something bigger legally pops up to where they're like, okay. Or even if something civil pops up and they can and he pays it off or gets uh, it, it's ruled against him. Now, the NHL can suspend him again, and that would be without pay. But you can't do anything unless that happens. So if he comes back and he's got a clean bill of, like, able to play where the allegations are dropped or they're not accurate and this and that and the other. He's back on your, your roster. Now what do you do with him? You're San Jose Sharks. This comes down to business again. you got to win hockey games. You don't think Bob Bugner wants to put him in the lineup as much as he may not like him as his personal choices? I guarantee he likes the hockey player. And I guarantee that Bob Bugner's family likes the job of being a head coach of the San Jose Sharks. And if this guy can give you 10 more wins a year just because he scores goals and does something for your franchise, he's going to play. Yeah, you don't have to go out to dinner with the guy after the game. No, he, and it's, he wins that's games. not just sports, though, either. No, you guys know this. Like, no. So in the radio business, rock bands, all this stuff, there's people that in their personal life are not anybody you would ever hang out with or want to. But professionally, you're forced to work with them. And when you're forced to work with them and the company needs to, the bottom line as far as the, do, the dollar signs are concerned for the company can trend upward, even though they have an individual that's not maybe the best person in the world, they're going to utilize that person. Well, I mean, it's Stephen Perry and, or it's Stephen Tyler and Joe Perry. Yeah. They don't speak to each other right. until they're literally on stage performing. It seems yeah. to be working out okay for I, them. Yeah, doing they're a, not doing, doing all right. Donnie and I have worked together for 20, 25 years. Have we ever so much as had a meal together? I don't think we have. Oh, have we, Jeff, I've known you since 1995, and I, I mean... God, no, we avoid oh, that. my God. We avoid. <laughs> I walked in a room to sit down to eat, and he was there, and I turned around and left. Yeah, and I don't blame you, actually. I was glad you did. Um, just real quickly, who's uh, in goal tonight? Um, for the San Jose Sharks? I'm no, for sure the Blue <laughs> <laughs> I I would anticipate that Holfer gets the start. Really? Well, really? Okay, but think about this, guys. We, we're surprised. Can you tell? Yeah, I'm mean, like, I'm actually. I told Jeff he was wrong and high when he said that earlier. That okay, Oprah, you were, he was you were right wrong about, one, about of one of those things. Um, <laughs> but Jordan Bennington went into the shootouts last night. He had to go into how many split pad saves, and he was under duress for the third period in overtime. You're really putting him back in the net after traveling late at night. He gets to the hotel. There's no pregame skate today, so there's nothing to work out the kinks. He's going to show up at the rink, and you're going to thrust him back in there. Seven, eight games into the season? Why? Well, because Why? we have such an unknown commodity in Joel Hofer so what? to know. You're eight games into the season. So it doesn't matter. Well, I get it. Like, I... If you, even if you give one back to the, the kitty here and you end up seven and two or six, six, two, and, and one, one uh, whatever, carry the three. <laughs> even if you end up like that, who cares? Right. Right? You have two more games on the road that you can win. And the one game against Winnipeg, that's a huge game. So why would you go in with a tired Jordan Bennington for Anaheim, which is a, is a, is a must-win and it should win, and then Winnipeg, which is a must-win? So this is an easy situation for me if I'm Craig Berube. I'm like, I don't want a torn groin or a bad hip flexor or a tweaked knee or a bad back. Hey, Binner, grab a towel, put it around your neck, stay warm, open the door for the guys, and hey, Joel, uh, if you want your family to fly in, Fly him in because you're getting your first NHL start tonight. Yeah, and tonight's a good one, too. It's 930. I ain't going to be able to watch it. Who cares? <laughs> and the San Jose Sharks, to your point, they're not doing great. Yeah. They don't have a great team. So, in fact, the stars line up perfect for this young man to get a start. And he's not a bad goalie. So this is the 
the the misunderstanding here too is oh my god what are we going to do guys Jordan Bennington was the third goalie on your depth chart in 2019 you're right he was yeah you had Jake Allen Ville Husso and then Jordan Bennington Ville Husso got hurt it elevated Jordan Bennington to being the second goalie and then we know what happened from there so Joel Hofer who's a big dude he's like 6364 square to the puck he's a lot like a Ville Husso and the fact that he's still young, he's still got some rebound control issues and some uh, some of the ability to keep the puck out of dangerous areas. But he's a big, athletic goalie. He played fantastic in preseason for the Blues. I know that's like it's not the same, but what do you have to gauge it upon, right? Right now, that's all you can gauge it upon. So if I'm the St. Louis Blues, and they've got some really good goaltending prospects, they've got the Ellis kid who's also set a record in the Quebec Major Junior League for shutouts and stuff like that. You've got a, a full stable Maybe Vladimir Tarasenko at the end of the day, maybe Vladimir Tarasenko at the end of the day is not your key to that top four defenseman. Maybe it's a young player and a goaltender that you go, hey, guess what? You suck in net. You need a goalie of the future. Maybe that's part of the package that brings you something. But you don't know unless Hofer plays, unless Ellis gets elevated in the minors and all this stuff. So I think the the opportunity for the Blues is absolutely Perfect. Right. I, I know Bennington listens to the, to the program, so I hate saying this, but I'm really excited about that Colton Ellis, that, yeah, that goalie no. in the minors. He look, seems I, to be a little stud right now. He's a stud, and so is Hofer. And Ville Husso has got one game this year. He's got a shutout. That's all we can base it upon. He was very good last year. He got to be even better down the stretch. Ville, so Jordan Bennington, to me, guys, he performs better when there's something to play for. And even if it's his own job. He seems to have a chip on his shoulder, like, no one's going to take my job. Are you kidding me? And we're getting the best version of Jordan Bennington. So I'm not worried about this team in the goaltending position. I'm not worried about Jordan Bennington. First of all, he's playing amazing hockey this year. And Billy Husso is going to be fine when he comes back. But Joel Hofer and, and Alice are two goalies that you've got to see what you have in, in the farm, or on the farm, so to say. And give him his chance, man. Let him play. He's got a friggin' San Jose Sharks. Let I him play. Donnie's got to go work on one of the seven other stations he works on. But before <laughs> we let you go, who needs to play like they're pissed off tonight? Um, I'd like to see Dakota Joshua play with like that. He's come up again, and he's kind of been pedestrian. And I don't know if it's just getting back to the NHL and getting used to his role, whatever. There's opportunities out there for him to be more involved physically. And right now, Craig Berube last night. And other players talking about guys getting to the front of the net and staying there, not leaking away. And all that means is they get there and they kind of drift away from the front of the net. And then the rebounds are there, right? Dakota Joshua has to be pissed off tonight. He's got to be crashing the net. He's got to run into bodies. He's got to make sure that people know he's out there. Okay. I'll take that. Let's do it, boys. Yeah. Tonight, is there a way can you can you have the game move to eight thirty as opposed to nine thirty? You have that kind of juice? Uh, no, apparently right. you have me confused with somebody way different. <laughs> it is the last minute blues podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, download us, share us with your hockey loving friends. It is the last minute blues podcast, and as always, let's go blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. 
New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.